get some good reviews, get a good track record. And I mean, you're not going to make a ton of money, but I, I think you could, it's a good way you could probably put another 50 grand in your pocket for a year for doing that. And if you could do two or three of those in a year, it's not bad. Welcome to the Michigan Short-Term Rentals Podcast, the show about buying, optimizing, and managing short-term rentals in the state of Michigan. Get insights and recommendations from vacation rental operators to help take your property to the next level. Are you ready to profit from your short-term rental? Let's get started. Welcome to the Michigan Short-Term Rentals Podcast. My name is Tony Stancato here with my co-host Jordan Pater. What's up, man? Dude, I'm good, but I'm telling you, consistency is crucial, huh? Here we are, Saturday morning, finally having time to to jump on and get this pod knocked out. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's been a crazy busy week. I feel terrible. I'm sure there's plenty of people listening that probably have to get back to on a text or something. You know what I mean? Just spent like, I don't know, so many hours just kind of putting the finishing touches on a lot of stuff over in the Southwest Michigan. So, Ben... I would call it living out of the car, you know? Yeah, we had two large projects that we've been working on for a long time. And, you know, leading up to this, I feel like all year we've been like, ah, we got plenty of time to get ready for June, July. And here we are the weekend before the 4th of July. And we both both projects are pretty much wrapped up. There's going to be some things left to do still, but they're, they're livable, let's say. <laughs> well, they're occupied. We'll say they're that. Occupied. Both of them fully occupied. So we got one, the South Haven project. That one actually got rented out to one whole group. And then the other five unit in Stevensville, we have each one is individually rented out. So that'll be the first time that we've had those completely rented out usually get a little more nervous when it's a bunch of different groups in there but we'll see so far so good i mean two so three checked in yesterday and then two check in today so it won't be a hundred percent occupied till today so be the real test yep hopefully the the guests all play nice i think it'll be good absolutely yeah so today we just want to jump on here and talk about we should have came up with a, a term for this potentially but essentially a new kind of flip and that is furnishing a property get it operational get a track record get some good reviews get some income coming in and then selling it seems like there's a huge demand for properties that are already up and running and people are willing to pay a premium on that yeah, so we're in the middle we're in the middle of selling our second home that we've sold this year. So the first two projects that we worked on were both single family homes. One of them was a pretty large house and the other one was very small. And you know, so we we've, we've kind of gotten away from that model a little bit just as far as what we want to own. Uh, and there's been some opportunities with the bigger projects where we're wanting to just reallocate some of those funds, but what we found in both of these cases for these houses was that they they have sold for substantially more than they would as a single family home to a normal buyer. As a matter of fact, I think both of the houses that we listed at the prices they were listed at, we, we put in the listing comments, you know, the revenue generation and all that kind of stuff. Neither one of those houses, and they're both very nice. They would have been great houses for an owner occupant to live in, but we didn't get 
I don't know if we had any showings between the two of them that were actually normal buyers. And I think that the price, the asking price of those houses probably weeds a lot of those buyers out. But the investors that look at it see a fully operational, fully furnished Airbnb that also, your short-term rental, I should say, that, that is also designed well, looks great, the reviews are great. So it gives some confidence on what kind of projections that they can give. We're, we're very open about sharing our numbers with all of those people so that they can see what they are. And it's been, it's been interesting to see the premium that people are willing to pay for an operational short-term rental. Yeah. So let's talk about the, we just listed our little giant, we'll call it two beds, one bath on two thirds of an acre in Stevensville, Michigan. We paid 184 for it. We did put some money into it, but let's just say that one spruced up, you know, just paint and flooring, you know, looks good. Let's say it's the house that it is right now, but not furnished, not as a short-term rental. Like, what do you think if we were to list that at right now, what do you think we would get for it without all the furnishings and all that? Yeah, you know, two, two bedroom, one bathroom with, what is it, just about a thousand square feet. It does have a basement that could be finished, uh, but it's not finished. And when we, when we rehabbed it, we did flooring, we did paint, you know, we, we really did some of those things, but we didn't get new countertops in the kitchen and in the bathroom. The cabinets never, are old. We never do. <laughs> the, the the well we did it south haven <laughs> that's, that's true. um but you know the the finishes aren't high and then the kitchen cabinets are from i mean they're from the 60s probably i mean they're painted up fresh they're nice new hardware all that kind of stuff but it's not like we gutted and rehab this house to to be like a premium product and so when i'm looking at other comparable sales in that area two better than one bathroom i mean if you can push 220 to 250 I mean, I think really that's a that's a lot of money for a two bedroom, one bathroom in Stevensville at that square footage. Yeah, I was gonna say two twenty seems about right, but we so we listed it, and we basically essentially it, it's almost like the other one too, right? We had six people go through it, six or seven people go through it, and no offers from people that wanted to live there, but we had four to five offers come in and we were asking 275 and we thought that was a stretch that we'd be able to get that and the final offer came in at 300 right and that's with us keeping the hot tub yeah yeah so the the wild card with that one is we got to wait and see if we can get it to appraise and i'm gonna put together a comp package for the appraiser but it's it's gonna be a stretch to get that thing to appraise that high so we'll see what the the sale price actually is the closing price actually is when we when we get it closed but i would say that one my opinion would be we we probably got even more of a premium for that one than we did for the bigger one that we sold earlier this year. I mean, as far as what somebody paid for it versus you know what it would normally be be worth. So I'm I'm still kind of shocked at that. But you know, again, with the with it fully furnished, you don't have the lead up time. You know, you don't have the two or three months of getting in there and getting it the adjustments made. And um, you got the reviews. I mean, it has fifty. 4.95 star reviews, people, you know, it kind of takes that guesswork out of it, right? Would this be a good rental? It, you know, it, will it do well? And it's like, you have all the proof right there to say, hey, people like it. This is how much it brings in, right? That particular one did 43,000 in the first nine months last year. So for a two bed, one bath, I mean, that's, that's pretty good. So 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think Ian, I can say that I've been on the offering end of furnished properties over the last three months, four months, and putting in offers in less desirable locations, and just constantly losing out. And you know, the appraisal on this one is is uh, a factor because it's uh, conventional loans. But I mean, I tell you what, some of the ones I've lost out on, it's people coming in, you know, all cash. So not, a, not as big of a risk on that one. So yeah, just another, pretty. go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, just another option to look at, you know, finding a, a good property at a good price, maybe with minimal rehab. And then if you want to really take out some of the really hard work, which is staging it and getting it up and running, finding the right partner. I feel like we've kind of found the right partner. I don't know if they'll keep the price as competitive as they have for the last few, but you know, going forward, it's like, hey, paying, paying you know, the professionals to get in there and do that and do it quickly and do it well and really make it shine. I mean, it doesn't have to be that much, as much labor and effort as we put into this one to get it up and rolling. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely the, those, you know, systemizing that process to get it running because it is it is a lot of work. That's one of the reasons that people will pay a premium for it. So it's a lot of work to get these things done. And you know, from our standpoint, I think we're going to probably start to reanalyze a little bit if if we're going to go for this this type of target. Maybe the type of houses we buy, the numbers might not have to be exactly what we've looked at in the past. I just had a conversation with somebody the other day that he was talking about a property up farther up north and the people were running it seasonally, just kind of a labor day or more of the labor day type of deal. And they were doing, I think he said 50, 40 or 50,000 on it, something like that. So we started talking about it and get some info. And, you know, I just asked him like, okay, what's, you know, what's the asking price going to be for, for, for that house? And he was saying it's going to be around 450. So I'm thinking I'm sitting there doing the math. Like we, we got somebody, you know, that we, we just sold a house for 300 that's doing 50 basically maybe a little bit more at the end of the year and somebody else is excited about a deal for 450 that's doing the same amount of money right so i mean if yeah. you can find the right if you can find the right type of house and fix it up nicely and get that revenue up in the 50,000 range i mean some of the stories that tony and i hear talking to these people I mean, they're all excited about these places they're buying in Florida, for instance, and they're paying seven, eight hundred thousand for these houses, and they're making sixty or seventy thousand a year. Those those numbers for us don't make any sense, you know, really. But for other, for some investors, they they like those numbers, they like those returns. Maybe they do things a little bit differently, and so I think there are opportunities if you look outside the box, probably to to really maximize return on flips through through doing this again the, the one of the issues with it is you, you have to buy and hold a little bit longer you got to get it established you got to rent it for a season um, but it definitely can be a way to maximize those uh, returns when you're talking about real estate investment yeah so i guess let's put a little bow on this i guess for me if i was going to do if this was going to be like part of what i wanted to do this kind of strategy it would be finding really ugly interiors, you know, paint, a little bit of flooring, and then hiring our staging partners to bring in, you know, come in and do the, the work on that, and then get it up and operational, run it for, you know, nine months to a year, and, you know, put it back on the market. Obviously, you want to make sure that you don't put yourself in a position that, you know, 
it'll be a good hold as well, right? You're not going to be in a tough spot if you do have to hold it. So make sure the numbers work. But the yeah, a lot of people just don't want to put in that much time and money into it. So if you can go in, and again, we have a great painting, probably have the best painter on this side of the Mississippi. So he'll go in, make it shine. And then we got a good flooring partner in that area as well. So we don't have to be the ones that are putting all that in. And then flooring and paint can be reasonable in terms of cost and then the staging partner and then get it up and running. And yeah, I get some good reviews, get a good track record. And I mean, you're not going to make a ton of money, but I, I think you could, it's a good way you could probably put another 50 grand in your pocket for a year for doing that. And if you could do two or three of those in a year, it's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably, you know, if we were just going to pick a number from, from the two that we've done so far, it seems like we're, we're getting, I'm going to say 30, 25 to 30% more than normal valuation for a house operating as an Airbnb. That seems probably about realistic. Well, cool. Anything else on that? That's it. All right, man. Well, have a good rest of your holiday weekend and till next time. Yes, sir. Thanks for checking out today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you get a chance, please go over to your podcast player of choice. Leave us a review. We appreciate those that have already taken the time to do so. It just helps us get discovered by more people in that platform. And if you're not on the email list yet, go over to michigan-shorttermrentals.com. Get on the email list. You're going to see it right there on the homepage, and you're going to get four very valuable emails. One's going to be a list of 650 zip codes where we've already analyzed a address and have projected revenue for that address. So you can kind of filter those and see which one has the best projections out of those 650 zip codes. And then you're going to get a furnishing calculator, so you'll get a number or how much does it cost to furnish a four bed, two bath with a hot tub and a ping pong table. And you can use that to really project out your return on investment there. And then also a property grading tool. So you're gonna be able to plug in some information like yard size, number of neighbors, amenities, the cost of the property and the projected revenue. And it's gonna kick you out a letter grade. So our properties are letter grade B. So if it's B or an A, it could be a good property to pick up. If it's less than that, you might really wanna think about is it gonna be a good property? And make sure you connect with Jordan Painter and Tony Stancato on LinkedIn. Send us a connection request there and we'll make sure we accept it and we'll talk to you later.